with deep knowledge and expertise, delivering critically needed and life-saving therapies to patients with rare, ultra-rare, and orphan diseases is our next guest's passion and mission in life. Jeff Beck, Chief Development Officer at BioCare, joins us to discuss his company's three brands, BioCare SD, a leading national specialty distributor of life-saving therapies, Canyon Care RX, a full-service specialty pharmacy, and Logicare 3PL, a national provider of time and temperature-sensitive pharmaceutical logistics services. Additionally, Jeff shares why and how the company remaining patient-focused has been the key to its success since 1982. Join us to discover how Jeff and his team at BioCare are delivering life-saving therapies to patients across our nation. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Jeff, thank you for taking the time today, and welcome to our podcast. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. Well, given your team's commitment to delivering critically needed and potentially life-saving therapies to patients with rare, ultra-rare, and orphan diseases, as well as navigating major issues within the medical supply chain to ensure that therapies reach patients, I'm eager to have this conversation today. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Jeff, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the BioCare team are building a full-service specialty distribution company and a national provider of time and temperature-sensitive pharmaceutical logistics services. But first, what's that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? Remain curious. Always ask the what if instead of why we can't. What if we could do this? What is the possibility of making this happen? We have examples of that, Mike, if you'd like me to share. I can give you a what if that really changed the way we are doing things and really mattered to patients that were getting really life-saving products on time. You know, here's what we're going to do, because we're going to go to a quick commercial break. I'm going to save that. I'm going to tease it for the audience, because I know it's going to be weaving right into the story of what you and the BioCare team are up to. But Jeff, let's stay on the topic of a what if, right? I got to tell you, I know you've been in the industry. We're going to talk about your story career. You've been there. You've done that. You've bought the proverbial t-shirt, right? You've seen a lot <laughs> along the way. I've been around a few years myself, and that's what is, I believe, one of the biggest detriments to and holding us back in this industry. It's always saying, oh, well, this is how it's always been done. We've always done it this way, right, Jeff? Have you always been driving that kind of culture with your team and your leadership style about imagining the what if? Yeah, I was very fortunate earlier in my career. And I had a couple of great leaders that I learned so much from, and they were like that. It was never a couple that really stand out. They always were pushing us, but pushing us in the right direction. Very positive. And they always asked, well, what if you did it this way? And trying to get us, give us the old enough rope so that we can actually go do something. Don't hang yourself. 
but go do it. And really trying to make decisions at the lowest possible level and made people feel a part of what we were doing as a company. I think really gave people that confidence. As you know, Mike, if you don't have confidence in what you're doing, you won't be any good at it. So you really have to feel like, yeah, I can take that risk or I can take that chance. And I think I've always come at things that way because of great leaders I had. And I try to do that here at BioCare SD every day. Ask my team, well, what if we did it this way? And I was just on a contracting call where, you know, contracts can get pretty difficult sometimes. Well, why do we need that? Or what if we step back a minute and always try to look at the other partners' issues, what they need to get done too? So you make the pie bigger for everybody, right? And good things happen when you do that. I absolutely love it, Jeff. It is. You know, I had some amazing mentors along the way in my camp as well, Jeff. And one thing that's always stuck with me is one of my mentors said, Mike, always align yourself with the art of the possible, right? And the what if, we need that now more than ever in healthcare. I mean, if we stay on the same path that we have been on for the past number of decades, we are going to absolutely bankrupt this country. This is the largest, you know, as old as I do, Jeff, this is the largest industry in our nation. We've got to change course. We have to start subscribing to the what if and that art of the possible. So Jeff, thank you for teeing it up. I know we have a lot to cover in this episode and we're going to dive into the what ifs, the art of the possible and all the good things that you and the BioCare SD team are doing after we get back from thinking our community champion sponsor. Salesforce, the global CRM leader, empowers companies of every size and industry to digitally transform and create a 360-degree view of their customers. Salesforce's Patient 360 and Customer 360 power the business of health, helping the healthcare and life sciences industries reshape how they operate and collaborate for better outcomes. Salesforce delivers trusted health solutions from anywhere with an integrated suite of industry-specific apps, from omni-channel care and sales to patient services and beyond. Salesforce's expert community of healthcare trailblazers and leading industry partners help inspire and drive change. And Salesforce supports you in adapting for what's next with a scalable and interoperable platform. Salesforce believes the future of health is connected. Do you? To learn more, visit salesforce.com slash businessofhealth. All right, we are back with Jeff Beck, Chief Development Officer of BioCare. Jeff, we have a lot to discuss, the what if, the art of the possible, all of the good trouble you and the BioCare team have been causing. Jeff, you've been there now for almost six years, but you've also been in the industry, as we mentioned, you've been there, done that, bought that proverbial teacher. You've been with some of the industry's best teams, best organizations. And then, of course, we might need to weave in a little bit. You were a Globetrotters announcer, right? Fun Jeff Beck fact. We'll talk about that as well. But first, Jeff, rewind the clock. How did you get into this industry? I mean, I always love to ask, how did people find themselves in healthcare in the first place? Then we'll dive into, you know, what's happening today, current state with you and the BioCare team. And then, of course, where things are heading, how we can help you, how we can get involved. But first, Jeff, take us back a bit. And if you want to talk about the Globetrotters, by all means, go ahead, because I grew up a huge fan as a kid. I got to be honest with you. I've got to admit, the greatest job I ever had or ever will have what an education, four years traveling with those guys. I can only but, imagine. <laughs> but Mike, it was a long time ago, but that did actually, believe it or not, help me get into pharmaceutical sales where I started years and years ago. I traveled with the Globetrotters around the world for four years. One of the great things about that is I actually got to see the Trotters were great about spending their own time in hospitals and places like that around the world. So I really got to see how the rest of the world healthcare takes place. 
and I can always remember being so happy and so thankful that I was lucky enough to be born in America when I would see some of these hospitals in other countries that we would go into with, you know, not much there, to be quite frank about it. So I was with the Trotters and four years of that traveling, you're either going to stay there forever or get off the road and say, hey, man, that travel will kill you. I got off the road and was looking for something else to do. Actually went back into broadcasting in Indianapolis where I grew up and just really got tired of working the 3.30 to 11.30 shifts and wanted to do something different. Long story short now, somebody told me, man, you'd be really good at sales. Don't people tell you that, right? And then pharmaceutical sales was big then. That was like in the early 90s. That's how far I go back. And I was fortunate enough to get an opportunity with a company called Marion Merrill Dow way back in 1992. And I believe one of the things that caught their eye was on my resume was this Harlem Globetrotter thing. And somebody wanted to talk to me. I got to tell you, Jeff, if I was a hiring manager, I, I would take that call just to talk about the Globetrotters. I got to be honest with you. I think that's what you did in the original interview, to be quite honest. And somehow I was able to get that job. I spent four years there at a great territory in Chicago that made me feel like I was really didn't come that far from the Trotters because it was a very diverse territory. And I just loved that part of it. I did pretty well there and got recruited at Baxter Healthcare and went to work on Baxter Healthcare's biotech side and spent 20 years at Baxter slash Baxalta, which was spun off from Baxter. Did a lot of different sales roles there, went into leadership there, went into market access and ran that group at the end of my tenure, the national accounts team there. And that's where I met the leaders at the time, who are still the leaders here that I report to at BioCare. And we then, Baxter, were launching a new drug, and we knew we were going to launch it as we spun off into Baxalta and had to really make this thing work. And we actually chose for the exclusive distribution rights, this smaller company, BioCare, to be our partner in the exclusive distribution of this product. That's how I got to know the lady I now work for. And to this day, I always thought, man, she's got a lot of integrity. She's very what if, and that's what made them a great partner of us. And I said them, BioCare at the time. And then when uh, Shire bought Baxalta, a lot of us had an opportunity to, you know, stay, leave. I left, didn't know what I was going to do next, maybe nothing at all. And the CEO, Linda Matthews, came to me and said, hey, why don't you come and try distribution? And I did. And now five and a half years later, I'm in the distribution side. I love it. And it's been really quite fun and it's very different. You know, I came from a big, big corporate culture to one where, wow, we make decisions on a daily basis that change the way the company is run or what we're doing or how we're doing it. And I just love it. I absolutely love the journey. Thank you for sharing that, Jeff. It is fascinating, amazing and how people do get into, into the industry in the first place. So thanks for setting the stage there. And now let's talk a little bit about what is happening at BioCare, where you guys are at. Now, I know you guys have been at it since 1982, and you guys have always remained patient-focused through that entire journey. But also, you know what's so fascinating, Jeff, especially now, right? The pandemic exposed a lot of things that were or are broken in our industry, one of them being logistics and distribution, right? I mean, it was just profound at some of the misfortunes that we saw happening across not only our nation, but the world, you know, 
One area that I know you and the team are focusing on is that role that BioCare is delivering critically needed and potentially life-saving therapies to those patients. Discuss that. What does that mean? Does that rip you guys out of bed in the morning? Is that what keeps the fire burning? Because that's a big deal. And then with that layer on top, the current state of the union, how difficult has it been? What has the pandemic done to distribution, supply chain, logistics? Give us a little bit of that kind of current state and how all of that has you know, brought together. Yeah, it's been tough. The whole pandemic changed the whole supply chain. And it was interesting, the fact, Mike, is we are a specialty distributor, and we had been asked by many of our current customers who we do distribution for, say, we really need a 3PL, third-party logistics partner. And we had gone through a strategic plan and decided that was probably really a natural extension of what we do as a distributor. So we opened up LogiCare 3PL. And as you're doing that, as you're really starting to open that during a pandemic, you can imagine some of the unique challenges of that. But I think when you do something like that in a really difficult time, it probably makes you stronger as you move along because you're going to see all the headaches that you're going to see very quickly. And so now we have that natural extension 3PL. And we've been able to really help patients get life. I always try to say it this way, life-saving and life sustaining medications. Look, I know we're the middleman. We get shipments to places that to hospitals and specialty pharmacies that actually take care of the patient. But we're a really important cog of that whole process. We like to say every box has a patient's name on it or patient's name on it. And those get out have to get out the door. And we have a forward stocking locations in 17 different cities across the country, which really enable us to get product in no more than six hours if we need to anywhere in the country. And you can imagine during the pandemic with less flights and things like that, it was pretty tough sometimes, but we were really able to keep that model rolling. And I think that's what has differentiated us, so to speak. Also that we're smaller and you still really feel that it's a family that truly thinks about the patient on a daily basis. And were you and the team thinking about 3PL, the logistics part of the company, previous to the pandemic? And then it, of course, maybe accelerated. Take us a little bit behind the curtain there. When did those conversations first start? How were they? And then how did they change through the course of a global lockdown? Yeah, uh, we were. We we're doing some strategic planning. Probably, gosh, I want to say now, it's probably early 2018 even where we started thinking about, because these things don't happen just immediately, right? And so we started thinking about that in 2018, really locked down our plan, starting to build the 3PL towards the end of 2019. So really, as we're building this whole thing out, here came the pandemic. But there were things that were good about that, is, you know, choosing our location, where we would be, a lot of things that go into that. Where is the best location? How do you get product in, you know, the Northeast Corridor? As we're located in Tempe, our original headquarters, we now have a location in near Memphis, Tennessee. You can imagine that's a great hub to be out of. And as we were walking through that, we continue to get feedback from partners or potential partners that they were really looking for a specialty 3PL. We do specialty drugs, Mike. That's what we do. We've been doing that since 1982. And so we don't do thousands and thousands and thousands of SKUs or generics. We do specialty, high cost, rare disease, orphan drugs. And so that takes a lot of real care, time, and special efforts. And dive into that a little bit more, Jeff. Give us a bit of understanding for people in the audience that are new to the space or learning about the space like myself. 
Describe that a bit more. What is the market opportunity? I mean, what does that look like? How does that impact the patients themselves? I got to imagine some of these are, like you said, high cost. Maybe they got to be somewhere in you know, critical access, be there on a, by a certain time. Give us a little bit better understanding of this type of market. Yeah, I, I attend every year the World Orphan Drug Conference. About two months ago, I guess, was the last one I was at. And it's really one of the goals there are people that are bringing these orphan drugs for populations that could be, you know, 20 patients, 100 patients, 1,000 patients. There are truly some of those out there. Like we have a drug right now that I think it's probably about 20 new starts a year, very unique product. But those are really hard for manufacturers to be able to bring to market because you can imagine the cost. But there is so much emphasis now on trying to get a global look at this. So, you know, how can you get the FDA and the EU together and making sure that you put these populations together to get a large enough sample size so that you can actually do these studies to get these products quicker to the market that truly change people's lives. I'll give you an example if I can. Specialty products really, one of the first specialty areas was hemophilia back in the mid 80s. BioCare, that's where they got their start. Frankly, at Baxter, that's where I got my start. And back then, I would go to summer camp and see young men, and being a counselor there, see young men that almost all of them had a limp of some sort or really couldn't you know, play ball like they'd like to. Just the drugs haven't come that far. And to this day, if you go to a summer camp for those guys with hemophilia, they're running around like crazy and you would not believe that there was anything wrong with them. That's how far we've come in a space like that. And there are other, you know, disease states. It's just an example where more and more hope is actually coming alive where people are being saved or they can live a long natural life now. Specialty drugs will be over 50% of the spend in the country, I believe, this year. And there are so many drugs in the pipeline that are specialty products, you know, high cost, storage requirements, usually a lot of times, a small population. And that's what we do. And that's what we do really well. And we're not trying to get out of that wheelhouse, really trying to stay disciplined and do that specialty thing. And I think that's what makes us different. But it also is so much fun because you know, when you're doing these kinds of things, you're truly helping people. And let's talk about those people. I think you teed it up perfectly, Jeff. Let's talk about those people because we can always discuss how much we love our own businesses and how exciting they are. But at the end of the day, it's the end user, whoever that he or she may be, that that's what matters most, right? What are some of those stories? What are some of the end results that you've heard from out in the field with your customers, with your end users? What has that experience been like? What are some of those life-changing stories that you and the team have heard? You know, there's, there's several of them, but it always brings me back to a couple instances. New product this year for um, Mycenae Gravis that you need to actually get three doses, starting doses in a row. And if you don't get all three of them, then you actually have to start over if they aren't on time. We were able to deliver medicine over an Easter weekend because somebody had dropped a vial, I believe it was. So we had to replace that and we got it there over the weekend. So the patient didn't even know there was any hiccup behind the scenes that allowed them to get that third dose, which was so important without starting over. And that's a big deal when you're a patient. And, you know, one of the things that I truly care about is advocacy for patients. I truly think for seniors, it's a big, big deal with being able to put the whole context of the supply chain together, you know, from doctors to prior authorizations, doing those correctly. 
So insurance will accept it versus deny it because there's always a patient waiting for something they need. And that's what I always think about when I, when I think about those types of things. And then the other thing I would say is the hemophilia community really did help shape who I am today by seeing some great young men and some mentors that they had that didn't have those medications that they have today. And I alluded to it earlier, Mike, just being able to see how far that has come and see some of these little kids when I first started are now grown men and doing great things in their own community or are future leaders or even leading teams now that you just wouldn't know that they had that issue. Those are exciting times. That's what makes it all worthwhile. I mean, it, absolutely, Jeff. And thank you for sharing that because I always love to bring that true story and the people behind it of why we do what we do. So thank you for sharing that, Jeff. And then you also mentioned in regards to, especially for seniors and you know people out there understanding the end-to-end solution, the supply chain solutions, right? It's complex. And the BioCare team has been at it since 1982. A lot has changed since 1982 in regards to technology. How has technology impacted the organization? What does that look like? Has it changed the dynamic of what you guys do in the marketplace, good, bad, or the ugly? What has technology done for all of you in your space? I think it allows us, well, first of all, it's it's, uh, table stakes now, right, to be in the game. You really have to be up to date. And as we come into serialization, you know, and lot tracking and tracing and all of that, it's really table stakes, but also helps you be much, much more efficient. You know, we were always able, well, BioCare was, even when I wasn't there, and I, I used to look at them and say, man, how are they able to do that? A lot of manpower, a lot of, you know, sweat, a lot of tears to make these things happen. As we've grown and grown, we couldn't do that without the technology. And, you know, you always, you know, you mentioned before, you know, it's not always pretty behind the scenes. And if you're not changing your technology, changing might be the wrong word, but embracing and improving your technology always you'll get left behind. And I don't think there's a day goes by that we don't have some kind of thoughts about what is our technology doing for us? What can it do? What can we do better? Again, the what is, how can we help our manufacturing partners and getting data back to them so that they can do better things for the patients? How about the customers that we sell to? How can we get them data that helps them more efficient? It's constantly changing, but it's one of the most important things that we're doing right now. Yeah, no, it is now critical to the enterprise in order for us to meet the call of where healthcare needs to be. And again, we talked about on the front end, Jeff, we can't continue to be married and shackled to the status quo. This is how it's always been. I mean, I literally, the other day I called a clinician that was helping me take care of my own self for a couple of needs. And they're like, oh yeah, just fax the information over. I literally said, I do not have a fax machine. I literally don't have a fax machine. And she didn't know how to answer me. I mean, this is just, it's maddening. So I'm going to step off my soapbox because I'm right there with you, Jeff. And it's great to hear that you and the team, even with the organization being around since the early 80s, is keeping that at the forefront of what ifs, what can we do better? How do we leverage data? How do we leverage technology and innovation to stay at the forefront? And so let's go there. Let's talk about the forefront. Let's talk about a little bit of the future. Jeff, you know, as well as I do, things have changed so fast over the past, you know, two and a half years exacerbated by the pandemic. It is only going to continue to get faster because of technology and innovation as well, right? I mean, these are the new realities, whether you like it or not, it's here and it's only going to accelerate. So Jeff, let's take the crystal ball off the shelf for a bit. Let's really dive into two things. One, where are you seeing things heading in this industry as on the macro? And then of course, 
where is BioCare going to be in the next 20 years, even the next 10 or hell, heck, we can even you know, narrow it down to the next five years. Where are things going and where is BioCare going to be in that future state? I alluded to it earlier. I think it's all about these smaller patient populations. There's so many unmet needs still there for different diseases, orphan, rare, that we don't have right now answers to. But there are some great manufacturers and companies delving into that right now. And every year we're getting more and more approved medications for these smaller patient populations. Most definitely, I think that's where things are heading. And I think we are well-suited BioCare because that is really what we do. We are a specialty distribution company. That's what we've always done is these populations, these really, you know, hard-to-treat areas. And so what we have done is, you know, under our BioCare umbrella, we mentioned the Logicare, our 3PL, which is also just a, really a natural extension of our specialty distribution. We have a small specialty pharmacy. We also launched QR Care, which is a quality and uh, regulatory consulting service that we just launched back in July. We have some really gifted people that came over with us from our old parent company that was a blood center. And you can imagine the quality and regulatory concerns when you're running a blood center or blood centers around the country. And we've noticed that these folks can be really helpful to manufacturers and also our end using customers. So we're trying to expand in anywhere where we feel that, you know, we have some really gifted people, but also areas that we know really well. And again, staying a bit disciplined to, to make sure that we do what we do well and continue down that path and not bite off too much, but yet expanding what we're doing. But it's really fun when you think about all of these different drugs that are in the pipeline. I mean, I try to track as many as I can. I have a great team that does that really for me. And we're tracking over 200 drugs that are in phase two, phase three, and some in phase one, but really phase two and phase three drugs that are specialty drugs that'll be you know, launched over the next two, three years. And to see all of that happening, it's exciting because it's exciting for our healthcare industry. It's really exciting for those patients that need those products. Well, and you know, it's also too, again, we go back to technology innovation. We start thinking about predictive analytics. We start thinking about yes. machine learning, all of that good stuff. And what does that mean to help influence or help predict where we are with phase trials and all of that? So we maybe don't have to spend as much, or maybe we can predict some things. Do you see that as part of the forward-looking state of where this industry is going as well? I certainly hope so. And I know that from attending some of these meetings, that is what is trying to be done. You know, it won't be overnight, of course, but man, that's exciting stuff that if you can take that and then, you know, I'm no scientist, but we all know, I think with some common sense, when you have these really rare patient populations for some of these drugs, things have to change. We're going to have to depend on some of that type of automation. And you know, that AI, because you know, you're not going to get that many patients in a study to get something approved unless you do something out of the box. So absolutely, it's got to go there. And again, when you see all of these things that are in the pipeline, it makes you excited that this really can happen. It's the what if, and we really can do that. I love it. Jeff, it sounds like you're just getting going with your career. You sound <laughs> fired up, ready to go. It's going to be an exciting future, it sounds like. I think so. I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So we'll keep the old dog around a while, I hope. <laughs> I absolutely love it, Jeff. I can tell you're fired up. This is fantastic. Well, of course, we always love to flip the script as well. An amazing community that's rallied around this podcast, tuning in on the weekly. Some of the most passionate, brilliant minds really pushing healthcare forward. So with that, 
Let's leverage that community as well, Jeff. What's that one problem, need, or question that maybe you and the BioCare team have that our community can be helping you with? You know, that's probably more of something that I really care about, and it's patient advocacy. But it's patient advocacy in general, but I really think for seniors. I, re- and I've, I've probably chatted about this a little bit if we've, if we've spoke today, but think about all the things that have to go right for a patient to get sometimes a simple procedure. You know, it's got to start with the doctor diagnosing the issue. Then there's prior authorization. That prior authorization has to go well. Patients sometimes wait if that gets stuck in a queue somewhere. Then getting actually admitted to the hospital or the surgery center to get things done. I think there's so much advocacy that those of us that are younger, that can take care of other folks, just to help with seniors get through some of those hurdles. Because I can't imagine, you know, 20 years from now, things are changing, changing, changing. I'm trying to get through all that on my own. I think it's really difficult. And I think we could actually streamline things to make that process much easier. And I really believe it, it, we could start with seniors because those are the folks that really could use our help. Well, obviously, it's a topic that you're quite passionate about. Of course, I know our community is. We've talked about this a lot on this podcast, actually. Matthew Zachary with Offscript Media and talking about patients like me. We've talked about adult care, senior care. This is an important topic. We had the founder of Papa on the podcast a number of episodes ago. This is something I'm also really passionate about. I know our community is as well. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of folks within the community who want to chat with you about this specific subject. So with that, Jeff, how do we get a hold of you? You know, social media handles, websites, or otherwise, how does the community get a hold of you? LinkedIn, Jeff Beck. That one's an easy one, but you might find the guitar player first. <laughs> so make sure you look under BioCare SD, BioCareSD.com, or my email. It's a simple one, Jeff.Beck at BioCareSD.com. Also, you can follow BioCare on Facebook and LogiCare as well. Easy enough. And all those contact points will be in the episode notes. So in your favorite podcast player, just simply scroll down and connect with Jeff and the team. Click on through within the episode notes. Or you can head over to our free global online community at PassionatePioneers.com. There will be a post for this episode where you can also leave comments, feedback, and any information there for Jeff and the team, as well as finding those contact points. Again, over at passionatepioneers.com. Well, Jeff, this has been a very informative conversation. Learned a lot from you today. A very exciting as well. Loved hearing about the Globetrotters. Again, <laughs> I'm a, I've always been a huge fan. I was mesmerized by them as a kid. So I was pumped to be able to ask you some questions about the Globetrotters. But we have one more piece. We're going to get you out of here. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? Because... Every patient matters. I love it. It's so true. It is. It's so true. If we're going to move this industry forward, the what if and how we're thinking about moving the industry forward, it starts with that N of one. Every patient matters. Jeff, I love it. Way to wrap us up. Way to bring us home. And with that, Jeff, thank you so much for being with us today, sharing all the good things happening within the BioCare team and the movement you and the team are creating. Thank you again for being with us today. Thank you, Mike. Really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.